0: Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Kim Akraig and we are talking about how to combine the metaphysical and the physical to manifest the business of your dreams. If you want to learn how to combine boo-boo and birth ethic, strategy and manifestation, then stay tuned, this is for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today the moon is in Capricorn. And Capricorn is like that little ambitious goat that wants to climb to the top of the mountain and is going to do whatever it takes to get there one step at a time, which is really a great analogy for... Um, the energy right now is just all about like how can you build what you want to build like are you feeling kind of ambitious are you leaning into really just wanting to create those structures for yourself to build that safety and security whatever that means to you whether it's through a business or at your job or making investments or doing whatever you need to do to make yourself feel safe and secure because Capricorn is all about that vibe I have six planets in Capricorn, so I feel like I definitely feel it like my Aquarius Sun is kind of like the visionary, the creative, like the rebel, and then the Capricorn Stellium is just there to do the work, and sometimes they really feel at odds with each other because that Capricorn Stellium just feels so guilty when it's not working and It's really been a process of unlearning the fact that like productivity is not just you having your nose to the grindstone and working your butt off, but intentional space for rest, self-care, listening to yourself when you're tired. Energetically, there's been a lot going on and I've just been really feeling it. I have been really tired lately and it's been just a constant battle with my mind of being like you need to work more, you need to do this, you need to do that, how do you expect to like build a business if you're not doing xyz and the higher knowing, my inner voice, intuition, whatever you want to call it, is being like girlfriend, you need to slow down, you need to take a break, you need to remember that your best ideas come from when you're just chilling and relaxing and in flow and being creative, not when you're exhausted because nothing good ever came of you being exhausted, and I think whether you have a lot of planets in Capricorn or not, this is a message we can all use. Remembering not to get burnt out when you're trying to build something by taking it slow, taking it steady, and making sure you make that time for intentional rest. And also I just wanted to remind you that books are open for RTT sessions and for a limited time I'm doing them for $250. They will be going up to $444 in July. RTT is incredible because it basically allows you to get to the root cause of what's blocking you, what's stopping your progress, what's behind the patterns that you just can't seem to get rid of. And Helping you change the meaning of the events that caused that because it's always something that happened to you before, whether it was in childhood or a little bit later down the line. The meaning we created out of the events that happened is the emotional charge that we hold on to and we store it in our subconscious. And when it's stored in there, it's like 90% of our behavior comes from our subconscious beliefs. We're just acting those out. We think that we're making decisions with our conscious mind, but. Sometimes those get impeded. So RTT is incredible for going back to finding out where this started, rewriting the meaning, and then giving you new empowering beliefs. So it really is such an incredible modality. It would highly encourage you checking it out. It changed my life. It will change yours as well. And if you want to book a session, you can DM me on Instagram at Kim.Akrig, g. Or check out my website for more details either way I would love to chat with you if you're still a little unsure we can hop on a free call no obligation to find out if it's the right fit for you or what exactly you want to work on so yeah I would love to help you heal in this way and without further ado let's get into our guest today so our guest that we have on today is Katie from Sort of Spiritual, and Katie is a Human Design expert, and she helps women combine their Human Design and business coaching so that they can really create the business of their dreams. And Human Design has been something I've really been getting into lately because it just helps inform you on your blueprint for existing, basically, and it's almost like your roadmap to like who you are as a person and like helping you understand how you make decisions. What are your strengths and weaknesses? Like, why are you the way that you are? And really how to best work with your energy so that you can maximize that and not get burnt out doing the wrong thing or like taking the wrong advice from someone who maybe is a different energy type than you are, which we will go into more on the show. So, if you don't have your human design birth chart already, I would strongly encourage you to look it up before you listen to the rest of this episode because it will make a whole lot more sense to you and you will really be able to understand what's applicable to you and what's not. So, the way you can do this is going to my body graph, G R A P H dot com. And you do need your exact time of birth because this really is going to be like the crux of telling you all the information. So you need your exact time of birth and your birthday and where you were born. You input those details. It'll give you this weird looking chart. And on the Mind Body Graph website, though, you can hover over different things and it will tell you what you are. So, yeah, having that information before you listen to this episode will be really helpful. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
1: Thank you for having me, Kim.
0: All right. I just wanted to start off by first asking you what's your morning ritual?
1: Oh, I've actually just recently kind of implemented a extensive morning ritual. Um, But generally, I have started doing morning pages recently, which I love. It's just so helpful to like get all the things out of my brain. Um, I'm obsessed with Kuan Yin. So I do Kuan Yin mantra usually with my mala beads. And I have like a Kuan Yin oracle deck, which I love. And so I usually draw a card from there. Um, I try to read for about a half an hour I stretch and meditate and it takes a long time but (laughs) (laughs) but it's worth it and I drink coffee but decaf because I'm super sensitive to caffeine oh my god I'm the
0: same like I quit coffee in October and now if I even have like a little bit of it I'm just like wired for the rest of the day
1: Yeah, it was so interesting. So I first discovered that coffee didn't actually work for me um, when I was like in the process of getting a divorce. And after I left my husband, my anxiety was just like through the roof if I had coffee. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be drinking coffee. And it took me honestly, way longer than I would like to admit, to like really take that realization to be like, hey, I don't actually have anxiety. I just don't tolerate caffeine.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. You mentioned it because it was exactly the same with me. Like my anxiety was just like off the charts. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's a correlation here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I wonder if taking stimulants is making this worse. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and uh, what book are you reading at the moment? Um, I generally have like seven on the go. I'm currently reading, um, let me, what are the titles? Um, so I'm reading a book called you are the universe. That's, I think it's Deepak Chopra. And I'm also reading a book. I'm actually rereading this one. It's called feminine genius. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Leanna Silver is the author. I might have that wrong. Um, But it's, you know, I think the name kind of speaks for itself with what it's about. Um, I'm also – I'm kind of on this, like, feminine kick at the moment. Um, So I also am rereading a book called Pussy by Regina Thomas Hauer. Um, And – pardon? I've been meaning to read that. (laughs) It's so good. I Yeah, I read – so I read a couple – well, I read a whole bunch of these kind of like feminine books a few years ago. Um, Again, just before like I left my husband and I'm like, oh, I need to reread these because I'm just in such a different place in my life. And I know I'm going to get so much more from them. And my like Quan Yin deck has been guiding me (laughs) to get more of like the Yin energy. So I'm like, okay, let's do it.
0: Yeah, I totally feel that too. For a long time, I was really like, yes, I want to work with Lakshmi. Let's get that abundance flowing. Right. Like Kuan Yin kept showing up. Like I kept finding statues of her everywhere and oh. places I really wouldn't expect to find her. And I was like, okay, I get it now. Like she's trying to talk to me.
1: Yeah. Like I was all about Lakshmi as well. I actually just ordered a Lakshmi statue, which I'm really excited about. But I, when I first started getting into the goddess stuff, I actually was – I was listening to a podcast and it was talking about the different goddesses and I was like, oh, this like Lakshmi one sounds really cool. And I was going for a walk in Toronto on the beach and I walked down to the beach and like I normally just walk on the boardwalk, but for whatever reason, I went down where the actual sand is and there was a statue in the water and it was of Lakshmi. Oh <laughs> it was <God>. so crazy.
0: <laughs> I love that. It's like they literally show up in places that you would not expect them. Like when I yeah. found Konya and I was like, in this little tiny it's not even a town it's like an area in the hinterland of like around like Byron Bay where there's like a town where there's like a restaurant and like a grocer or a petrol station and then a gift store and there was like a Kuan Yin statue in the gift store and I was like what are you doing here? <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's been working magic. I've been working with Kwan Yin since like probably January Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't know if I can go to another one. Like she's just so good.
0: Yeah, she's so good. Do you want to tell everyone listening a little bit about what you do and like what your journey has been to get here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I work with human design um, as both, like I do human design readings, but I really love working with people with human design in like a coaching capacity so they can really apply it. So I work with generally women business owners, but you know professionals as well like lawyers, business people, product owners, um, meditation teachers, like all kinds of different people um, and so I use human design to help them better understand themselves and better operate in a way that's like actually aligned with themselves and it's amazing I really think that people just want to be themselves and we've been so conditioned to please someone else or make someone happy or do the thing that makes sense or is rational. And so I really help them kind of just get to know themselves, understand themselves and align with really who they are and what they're here to do in this lifetime, which is wonderful. And my journey to that is kind of a long one. I'll try to make it short, but I essentially grew up really hating myself Um, I'm a manifester in human design, so I'm one of the less common types and generally the most conditioned types to not be how I am. And I really had that experience growing up of like just always being told like, no, you can't do this and like stop and like, what are you doing? And that's a crazy idea. And I really was just depressed for a long time. And that got me into personal development because I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be confident. You know, I wanted to enjoy my life. And it was a a long process of being miserable for a long time, and I somehow found myself working for a business coach, Um, and at a retreat that we were at in Paris, someone spoke about human design. And it didn't really make a lot of sense to me at the time, but I just couldn't stop researching it for whatever reason. And at the time, I mean, honestly, I was researching anything and everything that could possibly give me some sort of answer or like relief or explanation or whatever. But I just kept going back to human design and back to human design. And it really helped me understand who i was and like how i operated and why everything that i had been doing wasn't working because it wasn't how i was meant to operate and so i started making like gradual shifts and gradual shifts and then my saturn return quite honestly kicked my butt Mm -hmm. and within like a year i got divorced moved from california back to canada moved in with my parents moved in with a friend like got a new job, no, quit a job, got a new job, got laid off. It was just like insane. Um, And it was really amazing, I think, at the same time because it kind of just like stripped everything down and allowed me to rebuild. So being able to do that from the lens of human design has been really powerful. And as I researched it and applied it for my own life, I just couldn't like not (laughs) share this with other people. And I ended up, um, kind of manifesting actually a certification for it that I don't actually know if I'm ever going to bother finishing, (laughs) but there's like a lot of hoops to jump through and like, you know, manifestors aren't big on following the rules for things. Mm. Um, but it's been really awesome. So I've been studying it for about two and a half, almost three years at this point. And I've been working with clients for about the past. Year and a half, I guess, year and a bit. Um, Yeah, so it's been really wonderful.
0: (laughs) Amazing. All right, so I have so many questions for you. Um, (laughs) When you first start looking at a human design chart, like where do you begin to start interpreting? Like what are the basic things that people sort of need to know the most?
1: So generally, your strategy and authority are the biggest things. And your strategy is always going to be the same. For each type. So, for example, manifestors are always going to inform, generators are always going to respond, projectors are always going to wait for the invitation, etc. Um, and then your authority, which is really how you make decisions, is the other part that you need to know. And those two things are super transformative if you actually allow yourself to experiment with them. So the number one thing I always tell people when they're starting with human design is to just experiment Mm -hmm. because some of this stuff sounds weird and some of this stuff is totally foreign from how we actually operate in this world or how other people operate in this world. And If you, I think just take it on as like a bit of an experiment to be like, okay, for the next 30 days, I'm just going to try this. Or for the next week, I'm going to try this and see Mm -hmm. how it goes. Um, And that I find is really helpful. But when you're starting off looking at human design, your strategy and your authority are always the number one place to start. Mm -hmm. And then if you're looking at gates in human design, which are all the numbers that are everywhere, if you look in like the top right hand corner where your conscious sun is, um, that's always going to be the most important gate in your chart as well. So that's a good one to look at.
0: Okay. Amazing. So like, for example, like if I'm a projector and my strategy is like to wait for the invitation, like what does that kind of look like in terms of like me running a business?
1: Yeah. That's always interesting with projectors and running businesses. Cause they're like, what am I supposed to do? Just like sit home and do nothing and wait totally. for people to come to me? Um, and the answer is no, to be very honest. Um, for whatever reason, the majority of my clients are projectors and they're all business owners to some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, what it does often look like is resting more than you think you should because we live in a culture that really prizes hustle. And hustle is not something that's going to work for a projector. So you do need to take more time off than you think you need. Mm. <laughs> um, but what it really is about as a business owner is doing your thing and allowing yourself to be seen and um, Because when you do those things, that's where the invitations will come from. And there's a really big distinction between doing something that you love and sharing that with the world and doing something for recognition so that you can get an invitation. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're doing something, especially as a projector to get recognition or to get seen or to like try to manipulate an invitation, it's probably not going to work out too well for you. (laughs) Um, But when you can really just be aligned with like the things that feel good and do the work that feels good and that feels important and that feels right to you. And again, based on your authority. So yours is emotional. Mm -hmm. um, But the more that you can do those things that feel good and are aligned, the more the invitations will kind of just come out of nowhere. And I know it's a weird thing and some people don't trust it at first. I think projectors especially have a hard time trusting their strategy because it's like, well, if I wait, nothing's going to happen. But it's really not true. Like my clients are constantly sending me voice messages being like, oh my gosh, you will never believe the invitation I got. Like they'll take the weekend off for like the first time in ages because they're used to hustling and come back to their inbox with two new clients that want to put them on retainer. And like this is, you know, happened in the pandemic where they get clients from doing not from doing nothing, but not from doing the things that we think we should be doing. Right. Or they'll, you know, get shared in like an industry newsletter or they'll be asked to be in a magazine or one of my clients just actually got a really cool invitation to host a meditation retreat next year, which has been a dream of hers forever. And she's, like, just started recently sharing meditation in her business, and, like, the invitation came so fast. So doing the things that you want to be doing, to sum it up, um, and then you'll get recognized. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. It's so interesting that you say that because this has been something I've been really playing around with in the last little while of like one, trying to take more rest than I think I need because a lot of the time I like judge myself for being lazy or I think like, oh, if you're not working really hard, like how are you going to get anything done? But I've been like trying to follow like the rule roughly of like projectors are meant to work like three hours a day. So I'll work three hours and then after that, I'm like, I'm done. Like anything else is just kind of a bonus. And also that same thing of just like being seen, like showing up and like sharing what you want to talk about instead of like, like for example, like some coaches advocate like, Oh, go and DM everyone. And I'm like, that doesn't feel right for projector strategy. So I'm like, I'm just going to like show up in my stories and talk about what I like talking about. And then people always DM me being like, Oh my God, how can I work with you?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's really how it works when projectors are aligned and like, it would be exhausting for you to reach out and DM all these people and it probably wouldn't be super fruitful either Mm -hmm. because like the energy behind it, like energetically, that's just not how projectors work. Mm. And then it's exhausting for you. So it's like you're using your energy in a way that's not going to support you and your goals. And how much more amazing is it to just do the things that you love doing and have the invitations and the DMs and all that come to you, right? Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. I think almost the hardest part of it is like deconditioning yourself from what everyone else has told you you need to do to succeed in business. Like it's almost like you have to completely throw it out the window, and you feel like you're like, okay, well, I'm just like going on blind faith, that this is going to work. And then, but you start doing it, and then it really does start working for you. So it's like you just need to take those first steps.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. I think the biggest challenge always with this is just trust. Right, mm. trusting that. You actually do know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. That like your own body and your own design has the wisdom that it needs. And this is honestly something that I still struggle with from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I recently, the a couple months ago, invested in a coaching program around sales because I was like, oh, I should you know know how to do sales better as a business owner. And this person, you know, is incredible. Like she's so lovely. I know her personally. She's a wonderful coach. And her program works really well for a lot of people. And I got into it and I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to follow this method. I don't want to be on sales calls. Like, I don't want to be booking 10 sales calls a week. That's exhausting. Yeah. Like, and so it's like, okay, you know what? That was just money spent to learn a lesson that could have taken me a lot longer to learn, right? Of like trying to follow other people's business advice and just being like, oh, yeah. I actually know the things that I need to do and I know what feels good to me. And when I try to implement other people's strategies that feel like crap, I don't get results. So let's stop doing that.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. It's so funny because I literally had the exact same experience where like I was working with a coach. I think they're a generator. And like their sales strategy for me, I was like, this feels wrong. Like it doesn't feel good to me when I do it. I feel exhausted. I'm not getting results out of it. And it really takes you coming to the point where you like believe and trust in yourself enough to be like, look, just because a strategy worked for someone else doesn't mean it works for me. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It just means that I need to listen to my intuition as to like, what's the right way for me to approach sales versus just taking what someone yes. else is telling me.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. And I think that is an interesting thing that really got me into human design as well was seeing this business coach that I had worked for and the kind of the different results that her clients got. And it was, you know, a lot of them were really successful as was she, but she was, I believe a manifesting generator. And Mm -hmm. so they have a lot of power and a lot of energy, right? And when a manifesting generator is doing something that lights them up, it's just like an upward spiral of energy. it's like the more they do the exci- the more excited they are the more energy they have the more that they do and for a projector or even like a manifester like myself, like whenever you don't have sacral energy, it's just like it just doesn't work that way mm-hmm. um, and so to try to be running your business like a generator when you're not a generator is exhausting and it's it will only work for so long yeah. <laughs> before you crash or get you know, burnt out or something like that.
0: A hundred percent. And I feel like it's something that I almost wish that everyone knew when they're hiring a coach, like either hire someone who is the same energy type as you or someone who's like informed enough with about human design to be able to like tailor their advice to fit different people. Because now knowing what I know, I'm like, I, if I was going to hire another business coach, I'd be like, I kind of need them to be a projector so that I feel like I'm learning the right strategy for me.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I actually had a call um, with someone the other day that wanted to work with me who was a reflector Mm -hmm. and reflectors are super rare. You know, they're just 1% of the population. Mm -hmm. And she had said that she was considering working with me or this other person who was a reflector, but like, I think the other coach lived in like New Zealand or something. And Mm -hmm time zone wise, it was tricky. And I was like, honestly, if you have the opportunity work with a reflector because you are so unique and so rare Mm -hmm. that having someone that like completely understands your experience is going to be far more valuable. Like, and not to say that I don't think I'm, you know, qualified or a great coach or anything like that, but it's just really powerful to have someone who really understands your experience.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And I guess, can we touch on a little bit? Like what are the main, um, like are the, the main energy types and like, yeah. what do you think is, I guess, sort of the role?
1: Yeah. So there are five energy types, kind of classic human design says there's only four, but I disagree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people do as well. It's not just me. Um, so the five types, there's the 1%, like I mentioned, they're reflectors. They're super rare. Um, there's manifestors, which are between like seven and 10%, depending on who you ask. Um, there are projectors, which are around 20%. And then the remaining 70% are generators. And that's split between pure generators, which are about, I think, 37%. And then, um, manifesting generators, which are hybrid between manifestors and generators that are, um, um, about 33%. And that probably doesn't add up to a hundred, but you know, it's around there, (laughs) (laughs) um, around there. And so the different types, I like to think of it. It's not so much about like what they're like here to do or who they're here to be. It's more about how they're here to use their energy. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people will ask me like, Oh, like you must know when you like meet this kind of a person or when you meet like a projector, you can tell immediately. And it's like, well, Sometimes, but sometimes no, because sometimes projectors act like generators for a really long time, or you know, different types can act different ways, and it's more about how we use our energy. So, reflectors they're really here to reflect the health of the community in the world back to us. So, if you kind of imagine like a, a tribe of people or a community or something like that, each community would have ideally one reflector and the reflector would be able to ref- reflect back the health of how everything's going in this community. And that's really what reflectors are here to do. Now that can look like so many things in terms of like their job and their life and their purpose, but energetically, they're completely open in terms of their centers. So when you look at a reflector chart, all of the centers are white. Mm. and they have the strangest um strategy and authority because they're meant to actually wait an entire lunar cycle um so like basically a month before they're making major decisions which is interesting and very um you know different for how we're operating in the world today and how like everything has to happen like quick 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 you know um so those are reflectors manifestors they're the ones that are here to initiate and get the ball rolling and get things started. And they're also the ones that are often the most conditioned out of being a manifester because, as a child, you know, what are you supposed to do with a child that just like wants to get up and get going? The parents try to control them, right? And tell them, like, no, you can't do this. And so the manifester usually responds in one of two ways by being super rebellious and it's like, I'm gonna do it anyways, or becoming very like submissive almost and like very passive and like, very people pleasing, but either way, it's not how manifestors are really meant to live. (laughs) Um, and so manifestors are meant to just kind of go about their own business, initiate things, gather support for like whatever it is they're doing, but not by like going out and getting people. They're just meant to do their thing, get started and let people know what they're doing and then have people kind of like hop on their, you know, train or whatever with them. Um, Projectors, So that's what you are. Um, you guys are really here to guide, to direct, to be like the gurus, the managers, the overseers. Projectors are really great at knowing other people. And so when you are able to guide others and guide their energy, guide their kind of path, all of this – that's what projectors are really skilled at doing. They generally have a way of seeing things that other people can't see. That can sometimes make projectors very critical people because they can just see things better than other people can. Um, Is that something that resonates with you? Do you feel like that ever? So much of the time you see
0: people doing stuff and you're like, why are you doing it that way? Like it would be so much better this way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's the worst employee. Like It's so good that I work for myself because I'm terrible working for other people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Projectors. Projectors are great when, like, they're in a position where they can, like, oversee and guide people and also when they have the awareness of the fact that they have those tendencies because when – And that's a big part of like the invitation for a projector, right? Because if someone invites in your point of view, they'll really appreciate it. But if you're just like walking around spewing out, like (laughs) you could be doing this better and you could be doing this better, they're like, go away. (laughs) We'll have no friends soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so then the remaining 70%, they're generators and manifesting generators. And so generators themselves are here to respond to the world around them. Both the manifesting generators and regular generators have the sacral center defined, which is like life force energy. It's the most sustainable part of our motors in human design. And so they're really here to use up that energy through work. And work can be so many different things. You know, work can be raising a family. Work can be a career. Work can be art. Work can be philanthropy. It can be, you know, whatever. But the idea of work being that you are using up your sacral energy every day and generators are really here to respond to the world around them. So like a projector is meant to wait for an invitation, a generator is in more of like a fluid kind of dance with the universe where they're just constantly like responding. They could be, you know, see someone smile and they respond to that person. They could respond to like an Instagram post. They can respond to Literally anything that is outside of themselves. And so they're just kind of constantly responding, but the universe is like always one step ahead of them, giving something to respond to. And generators are also really here to be masters of their work. So, again, whatever work is like to them, their like true satisfaction in life comes from mastering something and really being able to use their sacral energy well. And then the manifesting generator. So, they're the hybrid of a generator and a manifester. So, They still predominantly need to operate like a generator in terms of responding. They're still definitely here to be masters of work and to use their sacral energy, but they're generally people who are masters of like many things. And so I usually, manifesting generators are usually the one type that when I meet them, I'm like, you must be a manifesting generator Mm -hmm. because they'll be like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. And I also have a yoga studio and I also have a candle business. And I also am a chef for this like private estate that I go. And you're just like, what? (laughs) Like how? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they just seem to have, like, they have so much energy for both sustaining things, but also for initiating, even though they're only meant to like initiate in response, they just have all of this energy that they can really have so many different things on a go on the go, and they are more energized when they do more, providing it's like the right things that they've responded to and that feel really exciting for them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I feel like when I look at
1: manifesting generators, I'm just like, I'm tired just looking at you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Honestly, that's like like one thing I've, I've felt, found human design to be really helpful in like the comparison trap of life mm -hmm. because I used to very much look at other people and be like, oh, I should be doing more. I should be doing more. I should be doing more. Or like, I should be doing this. And I can look and be like, "Mm, they're definitely a generator or like they're definitely a manifesting generator. I couldn't do it if I wanted to, you know? Totally. It gives you like that compassion for yourself and
0: like takes away that comparison thing because you're like, look, I'm not even meant to be doing that. So there's no point in me trying like that approach won't work for me. It like kind of releases you from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I am crystal clear that I am not designed to be a basketball player. And if I was like trying to spend all of my time and energy to be a basketball player, I would just like fail miserably and hate my life because I hate playing basketball. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's like, cool. So stop spending all your time trying to play basketball and go do what you actually want to do, you know?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And then so after that, um, whenever I look at a chart, there's like the numbers that show up. Like mine's like a six two, I think. The profile, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So what does that kind of tell you? The profile honestly tells you a lot once you dive into it. Um, my human design friend and I were having a conversation today. I sort of joke that I'm like a fake manifester because my profile is a two-four, which is one that really involves like your community be calling you out and seeing your talents and like pulling them out of you, Um, which is a really great profile for like uh, a projector or someone to have, because it's very in line with waiting for the invitation. But for a manifestor to have it, it's a little bit of like an oxymoron. So I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to initiate, but I'm supposed to wait for people to call me out. What?
0: (laughs) And (laughs) I mean, it's more,
1: (laughs) yeah, it's like, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, obviously, but there are always contradictions in the chart. It's like, there's never one super clear, like, this is just all you have to do kind of thing. It's like, you know, life is a game and it would be boring if everything was just like a straight, easy line. <laughs> totally. um, so the profiles really tell us more about how we are meant to operate with our energies and like how we're going to play out with those throughout our lives. So you actually have a really interesting profile. I know you mentioned that you're, you know, a little bit about being a six 2 But whenever you see a six profile, whether it's, you know, the first number is a six or the second number is a six, it's three phases. So you go through these kind of like three distinct phases in your life Um, so you've probably just finished, uh, your first phase Mm -hmm. and which is like generally very experimental. And then you enter another phase, which is called like going on the roof where you like kind of are a little bit more reserved where you pull back, where you sort of process all of your experimentation. And then around, I believe it's your Chiron return, which I think is like around 55, give or take a couple years. Um, you then like you step into your full role model part of that energy. So it's, it's an interesting one, but the profiles, I'll tell you a little bit about how you experience the energy of the gates, but also about like the energy of like your profile in general. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> Um, it cut out for a second. Oh, okay. When did I stop talking? <laughs> um,
0: I think before when you asked me if, um, like you said, you were going to go through a little bit like of the gates and how it relates
1: to your profile. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I was even saying about that. Um, I can talk about the different lines of the profile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the profiles, they come from lines, which is kind of a confusing terminology because we think of like a line as something visual and they technically are. They come from something called a hexagram and the I Ching,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: they show up when you're looking in your chart is like all the decimal points. So your profile is the decimal point from your conscious son and your unconscious sun but you'll notice that you have decimal points for all of the gates down on the sides of your chart. And those are kind of, this is like a deeper way of getting into human design, but you can look and see like how many number ones you have, how many number twos you have, Mm -hmm. because there's different themes that come with all of these. So for example, whenever you have a number one, that's a foundational line and it's really about like research and and, um, learning. And you're always going to be like super prepared for something like you're always going to have studied a ton for every test you've ever taken if you have a line one in your profile or if you have a lot of line ones in your chart, because this is someone who just like researches and researches and researches and they like dig really into something. Um, line two is called the hermit. And so there's someone that generally has a natural kind of knack or gift or talent for something, um, but they like to operate like inside and be hidden and they like lots of alone time. And the, the founder of human design, he has this kind of like funny way of talking about line twos where he says like the line two, it's like if they were in a house, they would be living on the ground floor of the house with the windows open, walking around naked at nighttime. And it's (laughs) like, everyone would be walking by being like, what is going on in there? Like, you know, (laughs) and the line twos, they're just like happy living by themselves. Like they'll get called out every once in a while, but they're pretty good. Just like chilling at home. But there's something about the line two That's like this natural talent or gift that other people want to see and other people like want to know. Um, and I think it's interesting, especially with a lot of our I don't know, like culture of like voyeurism almost in terms of like reality TV and Instagram stories and all of this stuff, like how we just want to see into people's lives. And I know there's people that like I watch sometimes like, you know, on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, where I'm like, why am I even doing this? But there's just like <laughs> yeah. something about this person. You're like, I don't know. I just want to like watch their life. <laughs> um, and so that's a very like line to thing um the line 3 is all about experimentation and sometimes people when you have a lot of line 3s or if you have a line 3 in your profile or even for yourself actually with a line 6 because it acts as a line 3 up until your saturn return or about like 30 that can be a little bit painful sometimes because it is so experimental it's like you'll feel like you're just always doing the wrong thing mm. and you really have to learn like the hard way you know you have to do something and see how it works out and not everyone operates that way so it's like the the researchers of the world are looking at you like kim what's wrong with you like why didn't totally. you just look into this before you jumped totally. and you're like oh, i don't know like i'll do it better next time but it's yeah. like no you won't cuz <laughs> that's not your thing <laughs> yeah that's not your thing right and that's okay like you just kind of need to leap and see what's going to happen
0: that's um, like my life motto is just like leap and the net will appear
1: <laughs> right and I'm not like that, but like I was operating like that for a long time. So my profile is a two, four, and the four is also Mm -hmm. a foundational line. So one is a foundational and four is also a foundational. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, I actually need to have my ducks in a row. Like when I go into something without any kind of a plan, Mm -hmm. like I can't function. Like I just don't know what to do. And I'll just like kind of like let the world go up in flames around me. So it's like, okay, so – leave this advice of leap and the net will appear because like, sure, the net might appear, but I'm going to like be going up in flames on the way down, you know, it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the line four is something that's really called out from you in relationships. And so it's an energy that shows up more in relationships. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's also a foundational line. So it's also an energy similar to like the research energy of like, you want to like have an idea of what's happening. You want to have your ducks in a row the fifth line, it's called the heretic or sometimes it's the universalizer. It's a projected line, which means that people who have a lot of fifth line or if you have a fifth line in your profile, people often don't actually see you for you. They see you as like how, hold on, they, they see you as how like they're reflected. So it's like when someone sees a line five, they'll generally actually see themselves in the line five. And so the line five often has the experience of like, people don't actually understand me. People don't really see me. And it's true, they don't. They see themselves in you. And so it's just weird kind of energy. And that when you are living your strategy and authority, you'll get a lot more people in your life who either can handle what they see in you or can see you for you instead of like what they're projecting onto you. Mm. So that one's a little bit more not strange, but it's a little bit more complicated, I guess. (laughs) Um, But again, it's one of those things where when you have this energy and you can see it and you're like, oh, that's why I feel like people don't understand me. It's not that there's something wrong with me. It's just that I'm projecting or people are projecting other things onto me. And it's also one of those things that people can sometimes get like um, uncomfortable with the energy because if they have parts of themselves that like they're trying to hide or that they're not happy about, and then they're in front of a line five and all of a sudden it's like they're naked and you can see them and they're like, oh oh my God, like (laughs) I don't want to be around you. Um, And then the six, like I said, we talked about that a little bit already. So that's Mm -hmm. three phases of being experimental. And then kind of retreating a little bit and then stepping into like your really full expression of being a role model in that energy after your Chiron return.
0: Mm, so interesting. And so can you use your like human design chart to help interpret you like how you manifest? Like I heard something before where it's like if you had like you know how there's four arrows at the top yes. of the chart and they were like with <laughs> one of them's pointing a certain direction, you're like either a specific or a non-specific manifestor.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, a I think, a really small portion of it, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I think the – so the places that I really like to look in the chart in terms of manifestation, there's a few of them. And one is the G-Center, which is the diamond in the middle of the chart. Mm -hmm. And so I like to look at the gates there because when you are manifesting things, if you're out of alignment, you tend to manifest – lessons as opposed to the things you're actually trying to manifest Mm -hmm. and the energies of the g center will help you to understand what you actually need to be focusing on so for example gate 10 is about self-love so it's like how much do you love yourself Mm -hmm. seven is about leadership like how empowered do you feel one is about self-expression how authentically are you expressing yourself 13 is a lot about listening but in this context it's like about the past and forgiveness. So it's like, where are you holding on to things from the past, either of yourself or others, and not forgiving them? 25 is the love of spirit. So how connected do you feel to spirit or source or God or the universe or whatever you want to call it? Um, 46 is the love of your body. So how much do you trust your body or take care of your body as the vehicle to provide everything that you need to receive all of your desires or your manifestations, whatever you want to call them? Um, two is about receptivity. So how receptive are you? How deserving do you feel of the things that you're trying to manifest? And then 15 is extremes, but it's also the love of humanity. So how much do you believe that the things that you want are good, not only for you, but also for humanity? And when you look at those energies, and I would I always start with anything that you have defined, and so you have a lot of these energies defined in your chart, Kim. Uh-huh. Um, but looking at those and kind of like rating yourself on a scale of one to ten of like what are what energies here do I really need to um, to work on? Like, you know, do I have a lot of grudges that I'm holding on from the past? Do I have like I don't know whatever? But like looking through th- these things and working with those, um, the other place that I like to look also is your Saturn because your Saturn is like one of the challengers in the chart. And if you're experiencing a lot of your Saturn energy, that's usually more difficult to get to your Jupiter energy, which is your blessings and like usually where your manifestations lie as well. And so looking at the energy there and like making sure that you're moving towards the high expression of that. Um, The other thing is... Really, about using your mind more so to like engage in possibility. And so, I know there's like people talk about the arrow, and like if it's so, if when you're looking at your chart, it's the bottom arrow on the right hand side. And so, if it is right, it is I'm gonna get these words wrong. I need to look at my own chart. Hold on. if it's right, it's active. No, hold on. If it's left, it's active. If it's right, it's passive. There we go. So if it points left, it's specific. And if it points right, it's um, passive or non-specific or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea being that you know, either be like really focused on something and like manifest that specific thing or be really general and work with general feelings. And I think there's just so much more that goes into it than that specifically. Like, I think you need to look at whether your Ajna center is defined or not, um, how your emotions play into things, because I believe that when you are emotionally defined... It's a little bit different than when you're not emotionally defined. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you, if you're a specific manifester, but you don't have the defined Ajna, so the Ajna center is where, um, you hold on to like concepts, ideas, beliefs, all all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to hold on to specific things, but you don't have that energy actually defined, it's kind of like, I don't know how productive that's going to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So sorry. I said totally it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit like there's, you know, I could talk about like manifestation in the chart for a really long time, but I something that like I find so fascinating and it's I've looked at um, you know, a lot of like the older books like Think and Grow Rich and like those kinds of things. Yeah. Um when you look up his I can't remember if it's Napoleon Hill or Wallace D. Waddles, because one of them has a birth time available and the other one doesn't, but their ideas are quite similar in terms of manifesting. Mm-hmm. And they have like the specific manifestation, but they also have a defined ajna. So it's like they're really specific and holding on to fixed ideas works really well for them. Mm-hmm. Where for a lot of people, like a lot of people have the ajna open. So it's like when you're trying to like hold on to something specific all day long. Um, that's actually going to be really challenging. And then you're probably going to be frustrated that you're not doing it. And then your frequency goes down, which is like the opposite of what you want to happen when you're trying to manifest something, you know?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Cause I think <laughs> my head center and my Ajna are both open and yeah. Um, and I feel, I think I'm a non-specific manifester and I feel like that's how I always felt when I was first learning about it. I was like, oh my God, I have to focus on this really specific thing all day. That's not going to work for me. And now that I've kind of loosened that up and I'm just kind of like, we'll sort of just write a list of kind of a few things about it and then just forget about it. And the next thing I know that exact thing has turned up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when you can, like a lot of it, like with any kind of manifestation is really about having that emotional frequency. And so in human design, going back to the G center, um, that's where our like magnet lives. That's our point of attraction. And in chakras, that would be part of our heart chakra. And so it's about like using our mind to engage in possibility to get really excited about things, to think of all these like wonderful things that could happen that we would love to happen and using that to kind of generate emotional energy and to raise our emotional frequency. And then from there, that helps to like tune the um, magnetic resonance of our heart center or our G center, not our heart center in human design or heart chakra, but the G center in human design, which is your magnetic monopole. And that's where you attract. And so it's like when you can, have that working for you and attracting, that's when I find things come a lot more easily. And generally I find for that, it's just about alignment. Um, the other thing I would say as well, that a lot of things that people are trying to manifest come from the not self in human design, Mm. meaning that like, they're trying to manifest something to like prove something to someone else of like, if I manifest this thing, then that means that I'm a good business owner, or that that means I'm important, or that means I'm whatever. Mm. And so a lot of times the desires that they have aren't actually aligned with who they are and what they really want, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, I have a
1: couple rapid fire questions for you. Cool. Um, Your favorite book? Oh, um, probably You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hayes. Yes, such a good one. Um, favorite crystal? Um, maybe citrine, but I also like selenite and black tourmaline. Oh, yes. So good. And your sun, moon, and rising signs? I am a Gemini sun. A Virgo rising in an Aries moon. So Ooh. it's like I'm a lot of chaos, but I try to look like I have my shit together.
0: <laughs> I love that. I'm an Aries moon as well. Oh cool. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me. I hope you've learned something new about human design.
0: Oh my God, I learned so much. It was so good. Um, where can everyone find you online?
1: Uh, so my website is sort of spiritual. And my Instagram is the same thing. It's at sort of spiritual. There's periods in the middle of it. But if you just type in sort of spiritual, you'll find me. It'll turn up
0: amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun, Kim.
0: And there you go, another episode. I hope that was as enlightening for you as it was for me. It really just blows my mind seeing how things are played out in your chart and how it is showing up in real life. Like The whole thing around me telling other people's stories, I'm just like, I laughed so much when Katie was telling me about how... I'm really here to hear people's stories and also people just tell me their entire life story. Like, this has happened to me my whole life. I will meet people, like, whether it's at a party or, like, I don't know, anywhere. And next thing I know, they're telling me, like, their deepest, darkest secrets. And it's not like I've prompted really but it's just somehow we get there and I absolutely love it I love knowing people I think people are so fascinating I am so curious about why people do what they do and how they got to that place and so I really love having that aspect in my chart but I just think it's so interesting that it does show up like that like it's like literally written in there that it's like this is going to be your thing and here lo and behold it totally is I forgot to mention earlier that the moon phase analysis came from the magic of eye astrology planner. It's the most incredible daily planner where it details the transits of the moon and all the other planets and just lets you read the sky every day and get a great snapshot of what's going on, what kind of a mood you can expect, and just the 411 of the energy of the day basically. And being a listener of the podcast, you get 10% off Of all their products on their website, they have an incredible dream journals and regular journals, and their website is magicofeye.com. And use the code Kim akrig to get a discount. So thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, it means so much to me. If you could subscribe, leave us a rating a review. That's how we grow, and we just want to grow this community and help reach other people to build conscious businesses and raise their consciousness and just live the best lives they absolutely can. So liking the show. I know it seems small, but if you leave a rating and a review, I appreciate it so much. And I hope you have an incredible day. I will talk to you next week. Bye for now.